Hello and welcome back to another Tap Talks HR podcast. Today I'm really happy to be talking with Anna Marie Watson, a performance coach who loves to take her clients outdoors. Welcome, Anna Marie. Hi. Uh, now, Anna Marie, I know you have a great passion about outdoor coaching, but do you want to explain to our listeners what you mean by outdoor coaching? It's. I don't really want to overcomplicate it, to be honest. Um, it is all about stepping outside. I find. And the evidence shows that we spend far too much time indoors, generally attached to some form of screen. Um, Often it's what, 90% of our day is spent indoors. That's what the latest research showed um, last year. So ultimately I find that by inviting my clients to step away from their desk um, and to step outside, it really just adds a different dimension to the coaching conversation. So, so what does an average outdoor coaching look like? And I know you call it something else, don't you? Um, there's not really such a thing as an average one, to be honest. That's and cool. and how you brand it, how you label it, yes, that in itself can be a little bit of a thorny, thorny subject for some coaches. Um, so ultimately, by taking the conversation outdoors, what are you doing? You're stepping outside. Is that a walk and a talk? Yes, that's one way that you can talk about it. Is it nature coaching? Is it green coaching? Is it blue coaching? Is it eco coaching? You know, ultimately how you brand it, how you label it, that is part of, you know, how you craft out your coaching niche. And what I find having talked to quite a few coaches around this, it kind of reflects where are they coming from? Is it more that they've potentially in the past been drawn to the movement side of things, which I will kind of admit being a bit of an ultra runner and you know sitting still for too long, I do have a bit of a problem with the movement is a massive side of things. But also I've also been really drawn to nature. And when you look at my photographs of me as a child, everyone is pretty much outdoors. Though I have had some quite um, tense conversations, you could call them, with other coaches who often are kind of like trying to craft out their I don't know, domain and set the boundaries. And, you know, it's more than a walk and talk. A walk and talk, is that being a little bit, you know, derisive about it? And yes, ultimately it is more than a walk and a talk, but actually a walk and a talk is also something that I find that my clients can kind of buy into. There are some, you know, quite prominent figures within um, our contemporary history, such as, you know, Barack Obama and Steve Jobs, and they were very much advocates of the walk and talk meeting. So, okay, so can I draw from that ultimately within our kind of contemporary work environment? So people kind of get it they can buy into it yes you know a bit of fresh air that sparks a little bit of innovation Mm, if I'm thinking of working with a coach actually going out for a walk might might help but I always find that for me and clearly every coach is different nature sits there in the background and it's for me it's part of that you know it's there is it unconscious but ultimately there is a deeper connection to nature um are there points within the conversation where we maybe acknowledge or invite nature in Potentially, but it'll depend on the client. And I know that is different. Some coaches are very much from the offset, they are inviting nature in, they are referencing trees, there may be some kind of um, yoga or tree or mindfulness or you know, focusing on certain elements of the flora and fauna. Or what I do is just blend things in far more organically with a lot of like the coaching theories, be that something from like a systemic practice, be that more of a um, gestalt side of things or solutions focused, you know, I'm still bringing in a lot of the classic coaching tools and maybe doing some, you know, goal setting exercises. Um, for me, it is, it's really dynamic, to be honest. So, so really what we're saying is outdoor coaching is, it can be a genre of different things and it, but it's actually coaching that is done outdoors maybe to enhance 
coaching? Definitely. I, I believe it definitely enhances it. Um, and um, just, you know, being indoors within four walls. And what I often find is that with clients, if they're in the same kind of space that they have been within the work environment, actually they're still part of that system. There's a lot of kind of thoughts and emotions attached to it. By actually stepping outside and, you know, moving, what does that from a physical and a physiological and a psychological start to just shift and move things and yes you know there is research looking at elements of kind of you know, creativity being amongst nature um, what does that actually inspire and I kind of get that some of your listeners may be thinking okay I kind of work in the middle of London there isn't exactly much nature about how do you work around that when you're in like a really really built environment and I kind of totally get that and um, though there are still elements of nature everywhere it is amazing the force of nature how it kind of comes through and I've had some you know amazing conversations along the River Thames uh, with you know you've got, you've got the trees there you've got the river as a backdrop sometimes it's just been more of a standing looking at the water flowing past and actually using that as a metaphor within the conversation as you know the passage of life what can you let go of what can you accept what can you control and um, so it is you know when I go in for a conversation it's not that I have like a set this is the way I'm going to be coaching it is blending so many different elements together and I suppose when if I was thinking, if I was a, a manager who has been coached by you and we were met outside and we, we walk and talk, I suppose it also shows you that the kind of you're part of something bigger other than the internal walls of an organisation. Maybe your perspective just changes with the fact there's such an unpredictable element of life outside what you control. And this is very much where you can bring the systems thinking into it as well. It is that I think often a lot of times when we're in a specific role, working on a specific team in a specific organisation, we can get quite tunnel visioned. But actually by stepping outside, it links you to a bigger entity. You kind of see the nested systems within systems and ultimately the bigger systems, the ecology, how does that fit? And this is almost like my little kind of backstop like let's encourage people just to think a little bit more about the sustainability and the environmental aspect of it as well and um, which i think you know is really important and really topical these days but i just wanted to just yes pick up on the fact that by when you step outdoors you are always inviting an element of risk into the conversation it is very dynamic you don't know what is going to be out there and you need to make sure that yes you are from a safety perspective looking at the physical side of things but also the psychological side of things yes from a physical perspective you want to have done your homework you meant to want to make sure that you are you know legally insurance first aid qualified you know trip hazards other people cyclists you want to make sure that the route is all sorted where's the nearest medical facility have you got first aid because ultimately if you're not looking after those physical kind of fundamental basics they could absolutely cause havoc to the actual coaching part of it and then yes from a psychological perspective outside the contains of four walls you need to be confident that you can manage whatever emotions kind of come up as well you know there may be other people around how if someone is getting quite distressed or something kind of maybe traumatic is coming up within the coaching conversation how are you experienced and skilled to deal with that which you know it can be tricky and, and do you think that might be one of the reasons why some coaches maybe don't embrace the concept of taking their, their coaches outdoors as much because of this element of unpredictable nature of, of doing it? Yeah, no, totally. I think there's, there's probably quite a few reasons. And, you know, ultimately, I think it comes back to still very much within our work culture, work is done indoors. So actually by taking work 
outdoors it still doesn't doesn't kind of quite fit it doesn't kind of there's that and you know the elements of presenteeism you need to be at your desk at your computer working if you're not there oh what's happening and it, it almost kind of links back historically to the fact that you know being outdoors and nature is seen as a leisure activity so how do you kind of make that connection between you know the leisure and work and the value of outdoors and if you look at the you know the outdoor industry these days it's actually from a financial perspective the remuneration is really quite low compared to you know work indoors sat down so how yes do you get um, that balance but no just coming back to the fact is as a coach are you comfortable to work within the outdoor space what is your in a way connection to nature and movement and how do you draw on your experience and you know my experience in the past is very different from another coach you know we're all different that's you know part of the beauty of coaching we all bring such a, a vast array of skills and you know for me as i mentioned yes i very much was brought up free range i roamed northumberland in the lake district and the scottish highlands as a child um, and i was fortunate that my parents you know took me to nepal age 10 so for me being outside amongst big mountains that's in a way my norm that's where i feel safe I joined the army ultimately, so I didn't have to work in an office within four walls. So my perspective of risk is very, very different to what someone else's might be. I'm perfectly capable. And you know, I've been through the qualifications, I've got my mountain leader, I've got my outdoor first aid certificate. I, I could take people, you know, Brecon Beacons, Morocco, French Alps, you know, absolutely happy. Whereas for someone else who hasn't taken a conversation outside and has a very different background, um, then they know, may not be comfortable stepping outside. And it's also important that you think about your clients as well and actually where are they comfortable to go. And it's one of those things as we become more and more, and I call it kind of like zoo humans, we spend more time indoors, actually in the future, how much more disconnected and divorced are we to nature and the outdoors? Yeah, I can. I sometimes feel more frightened when I go into a Starbucks and have to choose the coffee I need, <laughs> rather than like, how do I navigate a mountain? So, <laughs> so that's really interesting. And I suppose, from my point of view, what coaching sits on theories and and background. And, and I know all coaching comes back to a similar point. But, but is there anything that kind of reinforces your stance that that, that this kind of aspect of actual coaching is actually beneficial for the person as well as the fact they're having coaching and, th and this is you know taking coaching outdoors it's not new it's not rocket science coaches have been doing it as i was reminded very kindly by a gentleman the other day uh, while facilitating a webinar you know for the last 20 or 30 years and i totally totally get that for me, trying to make sense of it is, okay, so coaching outdoors, what are we drawing from? And this is where, for me, I split like the research into two different camps. So you've got the nature side of it, and then you've got the movement side of it. And ultimately, pure coaching-wise, there is very little research, which is, you know, really exciting at the moment. Henley Business School, there's... Um, one of the master students, Alex Burner, is doing some research into it at the moment, and she's looking at identifying clients who have been coached within the outdoor space and what themes emerge from that. So that's when you're looking at like the pure, pure coaching. Though ultimately, as with all of coaching, it's a bit of a mongrel, let's be honest. We draw from so many different theories across a range of different disciplines, whether that's neuroscience, whether that's organizational psychology, whether that's positive psychology, yeah, blah, 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 blah. The list goes kind of goes on and on and on. And again, a bit with coaching outdoors, you can be similar. If you're looking more at the nature side of things okay so where is the evidence well if you know there's a couple of theories that i kind of draw on sometimes one of which is the attention restoration theory and that has been around since the 80s you've got you know stephen and rich and Kaplan, 
and they come from the environmental psychology background, what were they saying about being outdoors? How did that change our cognitive state? And they very much um, draw an idea of, you know, fascination and awe at nature. It's that sense of being away from um, an organisation from your norm, for example, and then being an extension or connection to a bigger place. And also kind of that compatibility, what can you draw? What kind of familiar um, aspects can you draw from yourself? So that's just one. Um, Another one, for example, would be um, biophilia, which was a hypothesis um, proposed by um, E.O. Wilson, who was an American biologist. And he very much looks at that connection of um, with the increase, he was interested in the fact that with an increase in urbanisation, there seemed to be a disconnect with the natural world, and that was illustrated very kind of with a physical and physiological um, elements. And you know, both of these can be drawn onto you know the Japanese practice of forest bathing, for example, um, and what happens there. And there's been research done you know, looking at different levels of cortisol in the body, um, subjective stress responses, looking at different HRV rates. So it's almost, you know, these are different kind of elements and how do we bring them together? Those are kind of more from the nature side of things. Okay, so what about the movement? How can we look at, you know, a lot of the rise in mental health and one of the areas that we can um, potentially support that is by getting outside and doing some exercise, by moving. Okay, so what is shifting? What is changing from a physical, physiological, and you know emotional perspective as well you can bring in the practice of embodiment or semantics so there's there's so many different fields and this is you know part of the beauty of it but also the complexity and the diversity of it as well like how do we make sense of it how do we bring it back to coaching when you bring in all the different tools and techniques as well and i think that just shows that as you rightly said the complexity of it it's um it, it reminds me of um there was a new president of the american psychological association in, in 2000 and he was the one who said he was going to do a new branch of psychology around positive psychology and, and told people to go out there and do research under this umbrella but it was pulling together all this stuff that was existing into a brand but it was almost like a, we know there's something good in that direction so let's let's have an umbrella term and let's go off in that direction see what we can find out it sounds like it might be a bit similar to that maybe and and that's the thing is you know as i mentioned earlier you know as a concept it's not it's not new but actually how can we develop it and move it forward and that's what i'm really keen about you know i've done a lot of reading around the subject i've had some amazing conversations with other coaches who work within this space as well ultimately how can we encourage other practitioners to step outdoors and what i you know love about this is it's like the ripple effect so with my clients we will have kind of walking and talking conversations and then i kind of discover that back in their organisations, they're taking their performance management meetings outside, for example, or the team leaders are taking you know, their meetings outside once a week. So for me, it's part of that ripple effect of just so many different layers. Yes, at a physical level, people are moving more, and whether that counts to your daily step count, even though it's a total myth, the whole 10,000 thing, yeah, people are moving more. They're, you know, they're getting a bit of fresh air, whether that's walking around, you know, the cycle paths in Bath and Bristol cycle path or down by the canals in Shoreditch people are kind of you know getting a bit of you know kind of fresh air how fresh the actual air is but at least they're kind of getting away from the office um, but it's also it's those level of conversations and the connections as well and what I find is that rather than having a coaching conversation sat opposite somebody actually that dynamic of walking side by side it's a lot more relaxing it's almost you can build kind of that levels of trust a lot quicker um, and it also opens um, the space up for silence 
a lot more as well. You don't kind of often feel that you need to fill the gap. There's those kind of longer pregnant pauses where you can reflect a little bit more and look around. And that's often when you might look up and notice things, whether it's, you know, a, her- a heron kind of stood super still nearby and you can bring that in as a metaphor to the conversation or it's a robin kind of flittering across the path. So it's, it's just there's so much richness as soon as you kind of set outside, you know, a human construct for walls. And I suppose that kind of brings it back to the, the realness of coaching. Uh, in your first of your theories, it was about removing people from their normal space, mm-hmm. which what we do in coaching anyway, if we're, even if we're sitting in a room next door to where they sit, we're removing them from their normal space, but then replacing it with such a, a diverse and unpredictable environment that can cause so many new thinkings. Because as you say, a bird might fly across or, or whatever might happen. I suppose it's a creative environment almost. You're, you're not just removing them from their normal place of work into an isolated room to coach. Mm-hmm. You're actually then replacing it with something that's totally different that might then spark new thinking quicker. I, I love the concept. Mm. And, and that is, it is, it's, it's all about, you know, we all get very stuck in our default mode and patterns of thinking and doing and being. And actually, how can you get yourself out of that? And actually, if you're just sat, in the same chair wearing the same clothes doing the same thing you know frantically fitting your coaching session in back-to-back meetings actually how honest genuine can you actually be to create you know deeper change really um so i do find that by stepping outside it it goes like a, a transformational level deeper as well clearly every client is is different um and there is that element of away from where you get that different perspective on yes your role the organization on your life and then that in itself can then open things up so there are new possibilities and just kind of that permission to think beyond your place in the world that you've crafted out um and whether you can yes bring an element of creative coaching in there using an element of nature whether that is potentially mapping out a timeline on the floor using you know natural resources that you've got around you be that twigs be that stones be that you know leaves for example or whether it is taking you know a mental photograph of a sunrise that you've just seen um or using the metaphor of you know you may come to a pathway and there's you know a fork which way do you go so it's it's really very fluid, really, really dynamic. Though that is really has to be caveated with that element of risk as well. You know, you, you have to be able to have that confidence that you can manage whatever kind of can be thrown up. And ultimately, it's it is it's making sure that you look after yourself and look after your clients. Heart of it. So it sounds like it's so much fun for the clients to be coached in that way, um, as in kind of hard-working fun, which is what coaching is. And challenging. And challenging. Need the challenge. Need the challenge. Clearly, there's a level of challenge, and you always need to kind of like recontract that. Um, But I suppose it sounds like the actual, for the coach, it sounds like much more of an immersive session. So if you're a coach who's maybe been coaching for a while and, and been thinking, this is the same old, same old when I meet new clients. Maybe this is something that they could get involved in. Mm. And I am, you know, really, really passionate about encouraging other coaches to step outdoors. This is kind of like part of my mission, ultimately. So it's you know, a total pleasure to be able to talk to you here today. Um, and yes, I do always caveat it with you need to make sure you've got the logistical elements kind of sorted beforehand. You need to make sure that you're looking into the safety side of things to make sure that you are covered. Um, you know, if 
heaven forbid anything went wrong you want to be looking at the location where you're going to be doing this you want to be testing it out you want to be looking at the accessibility you want to be you know have a plan b and one of the questions i always get asked particularly in the uk when the weather can be a little bit temperamental let's be honest is you know what happens when it rains um and i think hands up in the last five years i've cancelled two sessions um because of the way because of the rain um and you know, yes, I will check the weather forecast in advance. Yes, I'll contact the client if it's looking, you know, a bit cold, a bit rainy, and I will, you know, gently remind um, appropriate footwear, clothing, warm clothing. Um, you know, if it's super hot, you know, you have an extra bottle of water for somebody. So you, you need to make sure that, because that doesn't want to impede on the session or get in the way, ultimately. Um, and if you've never done it before, I would say, you know, test it out with a kind of colleague. Um, or maybe a client that you've been working with for a while um, just to make sure that things do kind of run smoothly and it, it kind of comes back to this reflective practice which ultimately as coaches we should all be kind of firmly embedding um, at the best of times and just kind of having a bit of a think okay so you know what went well what what didn't go so well and ultimately for me it's the learning points that okay so what didn't kind of go so well and you know I have that time and time again I have one kind of um a session with a client and the weather just turned and it was pretty monkey and we were both there in our um hoods up kind of huddled in kind of the wind was battering us and then the rain was coming down absolutely kind of soaked though it was really interesting to see the shift in the conversation that actually in that time and speaking with my client afterwards about it um she said that at that moment she felt really actually very cocooned and safe within her anorak and it was as if the world the rest of the world had kind of disappeared as the storm raged on and she was just speaking into nothingness and that actually gave her you know a lot more of a courage because no one was listening but then when the rain stopped and the hoods came down and we reconnected um something had shifted and it then moved more onto the kind of the next steps for her so it is, yeah, in a way, you know, how can you bring the weather into the conversation as well? And I was just thinking when you were saying that, that actually, when I've been coached, sometimes further down the line, you're in a situation, you remember something you said or something that the coach said when you were being coached, which helps you down the line. Mm -hmm. And I can imagine actually being in a variable situation. So one coaching session is sunny, the next it might not be, etc. You might be more likely to remember those moments because there's contextual nature of the actual situation you're in again not in four walls in a small office and that's the thing it brings the senses to life and you know we are sensory creatures ultimately and actually the environments that we habit inhabit on a daily basis are actually quite sterile and bland how much creativity is there and yes when you step outside and you have you know the the wind on your face and you maybe have the different smells, whether, you know, in autumn you get the beautiful wood smoke kind of smelling. Um, you're kind of, you know, you're maybe dancing across the ice and you have to just a little bit slippy. You need to kind of have your balance. Um, it's, you feel more alive, ultimately. And yes, you can go down the whole kind of evolutionary route and genetic route and, you know, the amount of, you know, hundreds of years when we spent far more time outdoors. And that is still embedded with us. It's just really in the last, what, 100 years that we've kind of ground to a bit of a halt and pulled up a chair and sat down and don't really move very much. And, well, you've sold it to me. So, um, <laughs> Yay, one more convert! <laughs> so if I'm, um, 
if I'm listening to this and uh, I'm a coach or thinking about being a coach and this sounds interesting, or maybe I'm even just a HR professional or a business partner who deals with their stakeholders and think this is a great idea to get people outside for a meeting, mm. what do you think the next step for me to should be to actually find out more about this? Mm. And that's... So there's a couple of resources that I really want to share, um, a couple of books that do kind of dive a lot more into the science behind it. Um, so one of which is very much about the nature side of things. So I'll just share that now. Mm -hmm. It is called The Nature Fix by Florence Williams. Um, so she basically went on a bit of a, a pilgrimage around the world looking at kind of different practices and it is all firmly based in the science. So if the science is your thing, get your head on this. It's got the numbers and everything. So that's kind of the nature kind of pillar, I kind of call it. And then the second one is more from the movement side of things. So this is, the book is called In Praise of Walking. Um, so it's by Shane O'Mara, who was a neuroscientist. And clearly neuroscience is very trendy at the moment. Um, so yeah, have a, have, a, have a deep dive into that. And that's, yes, looking at the, the nature movement strands of things. Clearly you've then got the coaching piece that kind of comes into it as well. Um, and very much, you know, within coaching per se, there's different tools and techniques and how do you blend that within nature and movement? Um, ultimately, have a go. Yes, think about the safety. Like, really make sure that you are covered from a safety perspective. And, you know, health and safety within organisations, it's different. In different countries, it is different. So just make sure that you do your homework on that side of things. Um, I really don't want anyone to kind of chip up and fall flat on their face because of that kind of physically and metaphorically. To I was going to say, it's literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's fantastic. I, I knew we were going to struggle about this subject, fitting it into the time of the podcast. And we are out of time at the moment. But Anne-Marie, thanks ever so much for coming in and uh, talking to us about this wonderful subject. And hopefully, you never know, we might talk again in the future. Thank Yay. you very much. Any, any more opportunity, mm. I would be absolutely delighted. And I, if anyone does, have you know, any questions feel free to get in touch and I would love to have any feedback um, of how your listeners find it um, I'm always really curious as to their, find out about their experiences fantastic and, and thank you everyone for listening as always you can find out more about this or other Tap Talks HR podcasts at tapsolutions.com but that's it for now uh, we'll be back soon goodbye <laughs>